0: Good morning, Cross Point Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing well? It is so great to see you here this morning, and this morning we have a wonderful opportunity to come together with these families that are gathered down here on the front row and to uh, to celebrate with them baby dedication. Uh, I, I tell you, this is always just a, a really wonderful time of the year for us as a church. We We usually do it on Mother's Day, but the crowd is getting so large that we had to Break it up into two times a year. I don't know. We may have to go to three, Michael. But anyway, it's just so wonderful to see these parents down here. And one of the things we recognize is with parents wanting to dedicate their children is that they are saying to us and to the Lord that we want to commit to raising these children up in the house of the Lord. And that's so encouraging to us. So can we give them a hand this morning, faith
1: family? You know, uh, one of the most amazing things about doing the baby dedication is we love at CrossPoint just to make it a whole weekend. And so uh, this weekend we gathered together as uh, 17 or 18 families all total, and we had a brunch yesterday with all of the families and even the grandmas and aunts and uncles and grandpas and cousins and everything. It was really fun, and you know, it was so great just to kind of dive into God's Word and learn what God has to say about raising our children up to follow, uh, to follow after Him, and that challenge and that encouragement and uh, you know, uh, we also had an opportunity just to present these families with some gifts from us and uh, But also some resources for them, but the biggest thing I think for that uh, brunch yesterday was to offer um, as a faith family to come along beside these parents to partner with them and 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 challenge them but also to encourage them in, in raising their kids to know that they're not alone and so uh, that was a really uh, neat thing for us and so now this morning we get to come to the chan- the opportunity where Uh, I get to challenge the parents So parents, if you guys will Man, what an amazing opportunity that you guys have And the privilege that you guys have That God has blessed you with such amazing, beautiful children So let me ask you this Do you guys challenge now and always To to lift up, to encourage, to lead these children To love these children To follow after God and everything they do To use every resource uh, to your ability To teach them about Christ And teach them about the Lord's ways If you do, say we will Amen. Amen.
0: Can we celebrate that decision that they've made today? That's so wonderful. And, uh, you know, here at Cross Point Church, one of the things we also recognize is that it takes more than just a, a mom and a dad to raise a child. It takes a village. And one of the things I love about our church is that we have embraced this, this truth that we are not just simply a church, but we are a faith family. And so one of the things that we do uh, during baby dedication is we also Turn to you, our faith family, and we ask you if you will commit to coming along beside these parents and helping them in raising their children and, and and specifically moving them to a place where they can learn and understand about Jesus Christ, where they can also come to know Him as their Lord and Savior. So this morning, I want to ask you, faith family, would you stand with me and commit to coming along beside these families? And and doing what we can as a faith family to encourage and support them in this journey that they're in that they're participating if you will Would you just say here this morning? Amen? Amen, Amen. and so parents uh, that's your faith family committing to you And uh, I couldn't be more excited about the decisions that we've all made here today To uh, to raise these children to know Jesus and so I want to pray for you I want to pray for us as a church, and then we'll we'll be dismissed so Father, we just thank you so much for this day, and we thank you, God, for your presence in our life, and Lord, for these dear families that are gathered here today, God, I just thank you for, uh, Lord, just the privilege of just being a part of their life. God, I'm thankful for the commitments that they are making, Lord, to raise their children, to know you, to know Jesus, to to really just belong uh, to a faith family, God, and, and, and to... Uh, To just grow and raise them in the name of the lord lord. We love you so much and we praise you for Opportunities like we've had this weekend just to celebrate with them and father We just thank you for the opportunities. We have to gather in this place each and every day God as we prepare to to dive into your word this morning as we prepare to uh, To just look into your word and be encouraged by your word to be encouraged by your presence father I pray that you would speak deeply into our hearts that you would help us to set aside every distraction that may exist in our our minds this morning, God, and give us ears to hear. Lord, we want to hear from you this morning. And so, Father, as we prepare to dive into this new series and and explore the truth of your word, God, I pray that you would meet us in this place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever noticed that uh, Thanksgiving holiday, which is something we just sort of rolled out of, but have you ever noticed how Thanksgiving has become really the launch of Christmas? You know, it, it just seems like on Thanksgiving Day, we can't wait for family to come and gather together and, uh, and and all that good food, you know. But But we hardly get the dishes in the dishwasher after we've enjoyed a meal together before we turn our attention to Christmas. And it usually happens like this. Millions of people begin to immediately go into the living room get online and begin to their black uh, Friday shopping details putting all that together right we're starting to think about Christmas now Thanksgiving is beyond us and we're we're going to move toward uh, Christmas and so we're starting to think about what happens in December as it relates to Christmas we we begin to uh, to, to just span uh, try to figure out how we can uh, have those great deals while we shop for many of us on friday or saturday right after thanksgiving we we begin to go up in the attic and we begin to find that old christmas tree that we put up there last year and uh if you're anything like me you just kind of stuffed it up there and so it's sort of maddening getting it down with all those lights all tangled up and everything and we we kind of push it through the attic door and uh about half the time we we just get really frustrated but we get that old christmas tree down and we we stand it up in our living room and we begin to decorate for Christmas because we're thinking about what's coming next we're thinking about Christmas and, and those are those are great times I mean, it is it, something that we, we we do every year It's something that we're uh, just engaged in every single year but hopefully also as we do all of those things we're beginning to think also about the real meaning of Christmas and that is that that we are uh, getting ready and we're preparing to celebrate uh, the greatest gift that we ever received and that was a, a child a baby named Jesus that was born unto us and so we are preparing our hearts for that celebration as believers in Christ that that is really the focus of everything we're really celebrating in December but we start all this and we we get ready for this and in November just seems to to mark that time where we set aside to celebrate The birth of our Savior we move into December and we walk into the church and uh, the the lobby is, is decorated and we have a new background and it's just you can just sense Christmas in the air but the real reason that we celebrate Christmas is to celebrate the reality that we were given this great gift Jesus Christ I want to start off this morning by by reading a passage that's very familiar to all of us it's not the text in which we're going to be looking at this morning but it's one that we're going to use as sort of a, a, a springboard or a, a, a gateway into the series that we're going to be looking at. And it's a, ser- it's, a, it's a passage that's very familiar to you, but it's John three sixteen and 17. And I want us to read that together this morning. I want us to look at that and, and to think about this, allow this, this text to really prepare us for the series that we are starting today called A Child is Born. And so read this with me, if you will. John 3, verse... 16 and 17 it says this for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him and so what we learn from these verses is this reality that jesus christ is a gift to us and it's the greatest gift, as believers in Christ Jesus, it is the greatest gift that we can recognize having ever received. We, we look at this and, and we, we see these words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Let me ask you a question this morning, Faith Family. How many of you are thankful that God gave his son to us as our Savior and Jesus, uh, Jesus Messiah, Jesus Christ? Amen? We're thankful. this great gift we're thankful that this is a part of the gospel story now here's what's really interesting and and this is where I want to sort of uh, go back a little bit as we as we think about that here's what's really interesting many years before Jesus was ever born uh, uh, many years before he was born the prophet Isaiah spoke of the coming of a Messiah and he is referring to Jesus he is referring to this baby that would be born In a manger we all know that story we've heard it growing up in church all of our life but but many hundreds of years before he was born uh, the prophet Isaiah began to speak of Jesus and what he does in in his writings is he gives us a glimpse of who Jesus is we begin to to understand that we can uh, that we can expect this child to be born we can expect that this child is not going to be just any ordinary child because of the things that Isaiah begins to to talk about concerning Jesus. And so as we read through Isaiah, we begin to realize that that Isaiah, he points out these, these truths about Jesus, this coming, this child that will be born, and he begins to give him specific titles or names or positions, if you will, to sort of help us understand this coming Messiah. He says things like, this child will be a Wonderful counselor. He will be a a mighty God. He will be an eternal father He'll be a prince of peace and so we get these names and we begin to get a glimpse into the the, the Reality of who Jesus is and for us this morning I think we're going to see this is very encouraging for us because it tells us a lot about Jesus and the things that we Celebrate in him and so this morning as we kick off this new series called a child is born. I want us to To be aware that we are going to be looking at these two verses Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7 uh, over the course of the next four and five weeks as we dive into this passage and you're probably wondering how can we how can we preach for four solid weeks on just two verses well we're going to do that because we're going to take each of these names of Jesus and we're going to dive into them so that we can fully understand what they truly mean to us as we celebrate Jesus this Christmas now, uh, go ahead and let me invite you to turn there, Isaiah 9, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, this is where we'll, we'll start here this morning, and, uh, and we'll begin to see these truths that I just mentioned to you, these titles, these names, these positions of Jesus, wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal Father, Prince of Peace, and we begin to realize that Jesus was given to us as a gift, even here in this passage. Now the title of this message is wonderful counselor that's the one we're going to be looking at here this morning this is the name that we're going to be diving into this morning so wonderful counselor looking at these two passages these two verses but before we dive into this this morning we must understand also the context of what's happening here why is it that Isaiah is writing these truths to the people of God why is it that Isaiah is writing to Israel these truths that we're going to read throughout this uh, this this uh, series and one of the things that we realize as we go back and we begin to read through Isaiah is that the people of God were going through some very difficult and troubling times they were going through some very hard times there were times of suffering and what we have as we look into biblical history as we we see that it was a time that they were living in which the Assyrian army was coming down on them and there was wreaking havoc on the people of God they were they were under attack if you will by these Assyrians and as they as they came down and as they wreak havoc on God's people uh, what we begin to realize is that many of these people were taken into captivity and so I don't know has anybody ever been in captivity I, I don't know anything about that but I doubt we have so it's kind of hard for us to understand but we see images of war on television and we we, we, we see what's happening in the world in other places than here, where we live, and we can only imagine what it would be like for some sort of invading army to be coming into our life and disrupting everything we've known and, and, and the harm that would be caused as families are broken up and separated and all these things. But as you can imagine, God's people were suffering, they were hurting, and there was a lot of uncertainty in their life, there was a lot of pain in their life, there was a lot of hurt in their life, there was a lot of fear. their life and those are all things that we even as believers in Christ Jesus we suffer through as well many times there are circumstances in our life that cause great fear many times there's things in our life where we we look ahead and we just can't see the future we don't understand the path which we should take and as we do those things we find ourselves just really wrestling with uh, with uncertainty and and wishing we could just know what tomorrow brings how many of you ever been there you know and so we find ourselves in these places and and so even though we've never been attacked by an invading army we can also understand that many of the things that God's people were experiencing we experience as well maybe just not on such a great Uh, A great level but here we we understand what's happening here in this passage and so Isaiah is writing to the people of God they're feeling hopeless they're feeling defeated Uh, to say the least there's a real lack of joy in their life I mean they're hurting and Isaiah brings these words to them and and I want to just use this verse to kind of to help us to understand this but in Isaiah 7 just two chapters before we get to chapter 9 verse 14 we read this where Isaiah says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a word that you hear often in, during the Christmas holiday season. We have a song that we just sang here this morning, Emmanuel, and so we're lifting up the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, but here's what's so remarkable about that, that name. The name Emmanuel, it literally means God is with us. God is with us. And I can only imagine that God's people during this time of turmoil, this this time of fear and uncertainty and, and, and concern and lack of joy and lack of hope, they found it very refreshing that God was with them, as we would as well. And so as they begin to hear these words, we get to Isaiah chapter 9. And as we get to Isaiah chapter 9, the prophet Isaiah, he he takes us through verses 6 and 7, and this is the text that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. Read this with me, if you will. Starting with verse 6, Isaiah says this. He says, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called As we think about our lives entering into this time of, of Christmas where we would celebrate Jesus, and no doubt we want to celebrate Jesus, and, and we think about the birth of our Savior and, and the reality that that's what we're celebrating in, in, in December during this holiday season. But we see this prophecy that was written literally hundreds of years before Jesus would come. And these truths were given to us about Jesus. They were given to us about this child that would be born Uh, we know the rest of the story he'd be born in a manger because there was no room in the inn, and we would have the wise men who come from afar and the shepherds give testimony and and all of those things but hundreds of years before that Isaiah wrote these these words and he says this child that will be given to us will be a wonderful counselor a mighty God eternal father and Prince of Peace and these words no doubt as the people of God heard them, as they received them, they were encouraged by what was being said. I often wonder, as believers in Christ Jesus, as we read through the Scriptures, and we read through passages like Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, if we don't ourselves find ourselves just sort of glossing through there, oh, wonderful counselor, yeah, that's, that's cool, you know, we mighty God, yeah, he's, he's strong, he's, he's mighty, and we just sort of take these words for granted. And I, I, my, my my prayer as we walk through this series this Christmas season is that we would not take these words for for granted, that that our prayer would be that we would understand and learn the depth of what Isaiah was speaking in these passages. And so as we look at this, we begin to realize that, uh, that there are a lot of truths here concerning our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we need to understand. And this morning I want to give you or offer to you three of these the first one is this this first truth about jesus is that god's love for us is profoundly deep let me ask you a question cross point church how many of you believe that god loves you this morning amen how many of you believe that okay that's probably about half of you what what do the rest of you think you know i'm not sure how many of you believe that god loves you this morning let's do it again there we go there we go Some of you, your wives had to say, you need to clap. He just asked, "Does does God love you? So anyway, but here's the thing. Most of us as believers in Christ Jesus, we have grown up our lives hearing that God loves us. And we believe that. We know that. We know that God loves us. But how many of us have really thought of the depth of God's love for us? How many of us have truly thought about how deeply God truly cares for us as the people of God as children of God as disciples of Christ as followers of Jesus how how deep is God's love for us and one of the things that we see here as we dive into this passage is we begin to realize that we we, we see here that God must love us greatly that God must love us with a with a, a great depth that is is almost unfathomable and I want to show you why I would say that here this morning look at this with me verse 6 The very beginnings of this text we see these words where it says to us for to us a child is born to us a son is given do you see those words there for to us a child is born to us a son is given now what helps us to understand just how deeply God loves us is knowing the whole gospel story of Jesus right Most of us, if we know Jesus here this morning, we've heard more than just this, that a child was born. We've heard the story of Jesus, and the story of Jesus goes like this, that there was a child who was born that was more than a child, and his name was Jesus. He was born in a manger, and he grew up, and and as he lived his life, he lived a life that was without sin, we study the scriptures and we, we see that this is a part of who he is. And so he lives his life without sin until he gets to this place where the, where the Father has now brought him to the cross. This cross is a place of torment. It's a place of death. And as Jesus goes there, he is only able to go on the cross, to go to the cross, to die a death of sacrifice for us because of the fact that he has lived a sinless life. And so Jesus goes to the cross and it's on the cross that that he dies and it's on the cross that his blood is shed and his blood is shed for the atonement or the forgiveness of our sins and he dies upon that cross and as he dies upon that cross he is buried in a tomb and in three days Jesus is resurrected from the grave and in his resurrection and by his resurrection he therefore defeats sin and death for who? For us for us now I want you to get this I want you to really grab on to what's being said here the prophet Isaiah he says for a child will be born to who to us you see those words there to us and I know he is speaking to Israel during this time but the the same truth that was for Israel Then is the same truth for us today and I want us to really grab hold of this but the Word of God says this for to us a child is born but we don't stop there do we for a child is born to us it is given to us and then it goes on to say but a son is given to us and we begin to realize that the greatest gift as we understand the complexity and the 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 totality of the gospel message from the story of the birth all the way to the resurrection as we begin to embrace that story and understand it and and, and just really surrender to it as we come to, to that place we begin to realize that this truly must be the greatest gift that we ever received you know I know Black Friday is all about finding that special deal but what I love about this gift Is not only is it the greatest gift we could ever receive, it's also a free gift. The scriptures tell us that we are saved by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And well before we were ever born, God made a plan for our salvation. You see, we could look at this text and we could say, well, it's very evangelistic, but here's what I want you to know here this morning this text is life giving. Why is that? Because Jesus is life-giving. Amen? And so here we see this text where it's beginning to teach us something about Jesus. It says that he is the son that is given. There's the gift. The son is the gift. And and he's speaking to them when there is a time of pain and trouble and hopelessness and uncertainty. And the Lord says to them, Here is the gift that I'm giving you. Here is the one who is going to rescue you. Here's the one that is going to deliver you. He is my son. I'm given to him. And then he goes on to say this and he will rule the world. He will rule the universe. He says here in this passage that the government shall be upon his shoulders. There's not a king on this earth that will be greater than the one whom I am sending to you. The Lord Jesus will be the king of all kings. He'll be the king of all kings. Amen. You can give Jesus praise. I don't care. He'll be the king of all kings. He'll be the Lord of all lords. All governments will rest upon him he will bear the weight of the world and so here we begin to see this and I can only imagine that God's people were very encouraged by what they were hearing I can only imagine that in their deepest despair that they were beginning to feel a bit of hope in what was being spoken to them as we should as well and so we begin to realize that that Jesus is not just simply a baby that was born in a manger but he is the king of the universe and he is the one that came To this earth, as one of the greatest gifts that we could ever receive. The prophet Isaiah is saying that God says, My love for you is profoundly deep. It's not a surface love, it's not just a basic sort of, Hey, I love you, brother, kind of love. This is a deep, unconditional, unending love that He has for us. Last few weeks, I've been reflecting on just how thankful I am. There's so many things to be thankful for. I hope that you, as you celebrated Thanksgiving, that's what was on your mind, thinking about all that you are thankful for. I I pray that as you were walking through that season and now starting to... Uh, Move towards celebrating the birth of Jesus that that this is what's on your mind Maybe this is just something you do when you're over 40. I don't don't know, but I I'm, I'm really thankful for every Year I have but more than that I find myself really reflecting on my life gone by And one of the things that I am able to do is look back in my life and realize that there have been many times in my life Where there have been great moments of despair? I don't know if you've walked through those moments, but I have. There have been times in my life where I was hopeless. I felt as though I was at the end of my rope. There have been times in my life where there was great amounts of fear, and I was uncertain about the future. There have been times in my life where I was scared of life itself. There have been times in my life where I wanted to give up. There have been times in my life when there was darkness instead of light. There have been times in my life where I was in pain and I suffered. But as I've been looking back over the last few years, the last few weeks, over the years of all my life, I began to realize that every one of those moments, God was there. And in the same way that we would read these passages that his name would be Emmanuel and that would mean literally God with us, I began to recognize that in every one of those moments in my life God was with me. Now I didn't always feel as though God was with me. There were times in my life where I even wondered if God was even around anymore. But as I find myself today looking back I know with certainty that in every one of those situations of darkness and despair and even loneliness all those things I was feeling that I never wanted to feel I can look back today and I can honestly be thankful that God was with me every step of the way how many of you celebrate those moments in your life where God has been with you every step of the way every step of the way So here we see where where Isaiah is is pointing this out. Paul said it like this. He says, but God shows his love for us that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were living our lives as enemies of God, he was still willing to send his son to die for who? For us.
1: Powerful.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. It's the gospel. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Here's the second truth that I want to give you here this morning. The second one is this. Our Savior, and this is what I love about what this passage reveals to us, our Savior is greater than we can fully comprehend. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, is greater than we can fully comprehend. Whatever you think about Jesus today, you're not quite there yet. Whatever you think of Jesus today, you are not thinking of him as he really is. Whatever you, as great as you think Jesus is today, let me just say it this way. As great as you think Jesus is today, he's greater than you think he is. The word of God is very remarkable in that it teaches us that that we can't even imagine how great God is. I mean with if we put every ounce of our being into trying to celebrate how great he is he's even greater than that. And so as we go through life we we begin to discover that as the years go by we begin to say man my view of God is even greater than it ever was before. I used to think in my 20s and my 30s and my 40s I used to think that that i kind of had god figured out and then every year i just have a greater understanding of who god is and i think well when do i get to that place where i fully understand just how great jesus is and what the scripture says is you don't because as far as your mind will take you considering the greatness of god he is greater he's greater and i want to show you something really cool about this text So here Isaiah he says this he says he says his name shall be what wonderful counselor now what's really remarkable let's just look at this word wonderful for just a moment now our English vocabulary of this word wonderful means you know it's like hey that's cool that's that's great that's wonderful you know I asked somebody how would you explain wonderful and they said well it's wonderful I mean you know (laughs) but but in our English language we we, we look at this word and we think it means great, it, it means good, it's, it's, it's nice, it's, it's wonderful. We, we look at it that way, but in, in the ancient text, that's not what this word really means. As we look at this word wonderful, as we think about Jesus' name, wonderful, in Scripture, biblically speaking, this word wonderful, it literally means incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. In other words you can't comprehend how good of a counselor Jesus really is. It says he is a wonderful counselor. In other words, you 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 think he's wonderful, but he's more wonderful than you would ever imagine. And so this is what Isaiah is saying. So he's saying to the people of Israel, he's saying, Listen, there's a child that's gonna be born to us, and he is gonna be a wonderful counselor. And 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 I'm telling you, when they hear these words, when they heard those words, they heard them a lot differently than we do today. Because I believe today we read through scripture and we just sort of gloss over these words and we don't understand. The impact or the that really the spiritual implications of every word found in Scripture but here we see where this word wonderful it literally means beyond what you are capable of even thinking you need a counselor in your life well here's one that's not just great he's greater than anything you could imagine and that's powerful that's beautiful and so here we see where Where he's writing these words and 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 he begins to talk about this It's a it's much more weightier word than than anything that we use today in Judges 13 there's a story where Samson's father was asking the Lord what his name was and in that story the Lord replies to him why do you ask me my name seeing that it is wonderful but what he really is saying here when we really begin to understand this word wonderful and And how the Bible speaks of this word wonderful we begin to realize that what he's really saying to Samson's father is why do you ask me what my name is when you couldn't possibly understand it it's greater than anything you could imagine one of my prayers this Christmas season is as we walk through these texts together as a faith family that by the end of this series, we would be even more thankful for Jesus than we are today. That we would be more grateful. That we would long for him more. That we would understand that, man, we need him more than we ever imagined in all of our life. That would be beautiful. To where Jesus becomes our everything. Everything where Jesus really becomes the focus of our christmas season. That's my prayer and I hope it's your prayer as well. Paul said it like this in Ephesians 3:20 talking about us not being able to understand just how great Jesus is. He said these words. He says now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think even the Apostle Paul recognized this the Apostle Paul says you know what whatever you think you need to ask of Jesus for he can do more than what you might even think he's capable of and So Paul even brings this point home that, that this reality that Jesus is incomprehensible that we can't even begin to wrap our minds around just how amazing Jesus is and so how does understanding this word wonderful help us today how does this word wonderful help us today because when we begin to recognize Jesus as being greater than anything we could imagine then we we find ourselves in those moments of despair when we find ourselves in those moments of fear and uncertainty, when we are hurting, when we're lonely, when we find ourselves there, and we look to Jesus to help us with our issues, and for some reason, some odd reason, we begin to think that maybe Jesus can't handle that, let us remember the word wonderful. Because Jesus can handle that greater than anything you could imagine. And he is faithful to do so. He is wonderful, He is incomprehensible, amazing, and beautiful. The third word, the third truth I want us to look at here this morning is this. We can trust our Savior to guide us in the right direction. Now I know that sounds really basic, right? That sounds really just so elementary. That we can trust our Lord and Savior to lead us and guide us in the right direction. But the reality is oftentimes in our life, we don't live our life as though we believe that, do we? You know, we, we, we feel as though God has placed us on this path and, unless we don't like the path, right? And if we don't like the path, we begin to doubt that God is capable of leading us correctly. And we begin to question the direction in which maybe God is leading us. There are times in our life where, where God just simply comes to us and says, trust me. we're like well I need a little more than that Jesus I need a little more than that I mean if you're gonna ask me to follow you you need to kind of lay out a uh, I don't don't like being on this need-to-know basis and oftentimes we find ourselves there you know it's called faith when we trust God when we just follow God not really knowing where it is that he's taking us but it's called disobedience when we say no I need a little more than that right and so here we see where we're as we look at what Isaiah is teaching, he's given us this word "wonderful," but he also combines that word "wonderful," "incomprehensible," "unimaginable." He he combines that word with another word, "counselor," and see what we come to know as we as we look at the the history of of everything that's being taught here. As we really get to a place where we understand what these words really mean in Scripture, we begin to realize that for Israel when they heard the word counselor they were thinking of a wise king who offered guidance to their people that's what that word literally means it's not doing premarital counseling that's not what it's talking about even though that's hugely important it's talking about this reality when they heard the word counselor they were thinking of a mighty king who was guiding his people through life Now think about how beautiful this is think about how glorious this makes Jesus look here as we look at this text and we begin to understand these things we begin to see that really the the second part of this we begin to realize that Jesus is always knowing what we're going through and what we're dealing with and the paths in which we should take this is an all-knowing king and one of the things that That Isaiah has already made very clear is that this child who will be born to us will be born to us a son who will be given to us is the greatest gift that we have ever received. That the all of the government, all of the kings, all of everyone will be upon his shoulders. He will carry the weight of the world. He is the King of Kings, He is the Lord of Lords. And so when they hear these words, wonderful. Counselor, it is exactly what they're looking for. They are sick and tired of the Assyrian army. They they are tired and exhausted living lives of fear. They are so discouraged because there's such a lack of hope in their life. They are so disappointed because there's nothing but despair and darkness in their life. Their families are being broken up. Their friends and relatives are being held captive. I mean, this is a time in their life that is so uncertain. And to hear that there is a king who will come and this king will will be the king above all other kings and this Lord who will come will be a Lord above all other lords. He will be the one who reigns over this universe greater than anything you could imagine, incomprehensible, almighty, everlasting prince of peace. My friends, if you don't find that powerful in your heart this morning, I want you to just reach down and check your pulse because we might need to get you to the hospital. This should stir our souls to think of Jesus in this way. I pray that this season we are thinking of Jesus this way. He's not just a baby who was born in a manger. He is a king that will lead and guide us in life. And as great as we can think this king to be, he is much greater. I want to close with a passage out of Hebrews chapter 4. Starting with verse 14, it says this. It says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. The reality is for some of us in this room, and I am certain of this, but the reality of some of us in this room is that we are in need of a wonderful counsel. We are in need of Jesus to lead us and guide us and direct us because we are lost otherwise. And the beautiful thing about how Jesus is described here in just two words is that he is all of those things. With Jesus, this is what we can be guaranteed. Number one, he has our best interest at heart. If you walk away with just one truth here this morning, please walk away with this. Jesus cares deeply for you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. If nobody's ever told you that, then hear it today for the first time. Jesus loves loves you and he has your best interest at heart that's what we can be guaranteed from this passage number two we can be sure that he's listening when we cry out to the wonderful counselor we can we can be sure that he is listening to our prayers he cares so deeply for us and we can be encouraged this morning That we have a God, even in the midst of those times in our life where we feel as though we can't recognize His presence in our life, we recognize, we know the truth that He hears our prayers. He has our best interest at heart, and He hears our prayers. And number three, we can be sure that He is going to lead us and guide us in the right direction in our life. We can trust Jesus. We can trust Him. We can follow him because we trust him. That's what we know about Jesus. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Let me close with this question. Let me ask you a simple question this morning. How many of you How many of you here today need more of Jesus in your life? How many of you need more of Jesus in your life? Your pastor needs more of Jesus in his life. and You need more of Jesus in your life. We all need Jesus, more of Jesus in our life. In these last few moments as the band comes out and they prepare to lead us and that last time of just standing and praising God, I pray that you would just ask yourself that question, do you need more of Jesus? And if you do, I pray that you would give of yourself to him. What does that mean? Maybe that means that this morning in a spirit of thanksgiving, you want to come to this altar and you want to spend time in prayer and you just want to give thanks to God for everything that he's done in your life such an admirable thing to do to just fall on our faces before God and say God thank you for what you've done in my life maybe this morning you want to talk to one of our pastors because you feel that God is stirring in your heart and your soul and there's more Questions and there are answers, and that's perfectly okay too. Pastor Gabe is down here on the front. On this side, I'll be over here. There'll be some others down here. If you have questions, Callie's down here. We can answer those questions for you. If we can help you this morning try to understand more about who Jesus is, won't you come and just talk to us and ask us and allow us to just continue to have conversation with us about just how beautiful Jesus is. We cannot speak the name of Jesus enough in this room. We can't do it. We we can't think great enough of who He is. We just can't do it. And one of the greatest, most powerful words that Jesus ever has said to us Abide in me, and I will abide in you. Jesus loves you, my friend. Jesus cares about you. And Jesus desires to give more of himself to you than you could ever imagine.